1: Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. we will get the ball to McClendon. He... Oh, he doesn't get in! He fumbled the football! Carolina holds! The game is over! And Carolina has won the game! Finley to throw. Over the middle! Intercepted! Wolfuck again! Wolfuck the other way! At the 30! The 40! Wolfuck to midfield! Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Vlog Podcast. It's your host Anthony Pagnata, with you guys as always. Today we are going to recap Carolina's ACC Coastal clinching win over the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. There's another uh, thing that it clinches as well for Carolina. We'll tell you a little bit about that, and we now have to start having the conversation. One. Are the Tar Heels now the new favorite in the ACC overall, or is that still Clemson? And two, do they have a shot at the college football playoff? We'll tell you our opinions on that coming up. We also have an update on Antoine Green that was released earlier today from head coach Mack Brown. But we do have to start with, this is as heartbreaking of a day as we've seen in a long, long time. And... Not only, but real the sports world definitely. Um, but it's you know another reminder that we are where we're at as a country in terms of mass shootings. Um, earlier, yeah, at late last night, earlier today, the information was officially released that three Virginia football players uh, were killed by a gunman, uh, a guy who was a former Virginia football player. Uh, late last night uh, coming off a school field trip um, and, and it's guys probably names that you know guys that played against Carolina guys that were teammates of now Tar Heel defensive lineman Noah Taylor um, Laval Davis uh, Deshae Perry and Devin Chandler um, three guys that were a part of the program and guys that also had local ties. Uh, Devin Chandler was a guy that I remember watching in high school. Um, Whenever I would go out and watch Evan Pryor play, who Carolina was recruiting at the time, Devin Chandler played with him his senior year. He transferred in from Tennessee and played at Huff High School. And it's unimaginable uh, what took place last night I can't even imagine it for these families. And it, it's just it is a tragedy that we have never seen before in college athletics. We've seen got you know sole s- single uh, deaths, but this is another level. Um and to to the Davis family, to the Perry family, and to the Chandler family, we want to send our condolences, and I can't even imagine what those families are going through. Um, and it's not—it's not the only occurrence. The University of Idaho had a mass shooting overnight as well. Um, It's—it's just—it's—it's it's a problem in this country. It's something that needs to be fixed, um, but that it seems like most people just frankly don't give enough of a damn about, and it's sickening. And. We 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 have to get to a point where days like this don't happen, and I think you know we're we're going to talk about it here for a, for a little while. Um, the University of Virginia is going to be rocked by it forever. These families are going to be rocked by it forever, and it, it needs to be a bigger conversation nationally. I don't really care if you like my opinion or not. Um, I that's one of the things that. I think needs to be looked at mental health, combined with the use of guns in this country. It needs to get looked at, and it needs to be seriously looked at. And this is yet another occurrence of that.
0: Yeah, a real a real sad day. Uh, news was breaking out well after 830, 9 o'clock this morning, and um, I'm I'm tired of having to go on Facebook, Twitter a podcast platform, a radio platform, and say, I'm giving my thoughts and prayers. It's not that I'm not going to give my thoughts and prayers, because I am. But thoughts and prayers, they're not enough. And this is something that, you know, when when it happened back in 2012, we said never again, and then it happened again, and we said never again, and we said no. Ne- and... and, and I mean, we have now really a decades worth of data to show that there's an issue here, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times it gets made a political issue. Um, and don't don't get it wrong that, that do politics that there are there, that politics do play a factor in why some of this stuff has happened. But it really comes down to a human people. It's, it's a human issue. Whereas us as as humans, we simply got to be better. We get, we got to be better people. And that's that's the that's where I get that's where I get the most upset is because, you know, this type of evil exists and it, it feels like our leaders aren't doing enough to eradicate such evilness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the one time where, you know, sports kinda take a back seat because as you mentioned, you know, some of these players, first off, I mean Carolina just played Virginia two weeks ago. Uh, some of these kids are very local to where we are right here in the Charlotte community, mm-hmm. um, and, and and you know us as an ACC community. You know, you've seen even Virginia Tech. You know, they're they're doing things, and while these are all great gestures, and and, and they're all they're all going to make you know the Virginia football program that university feel a lot better about themselves it's it's not going to it's not going to ease the pain those parents are feeling as they go to bed tonight. You know the siblings, you know we're we're a week away from freaking Thanksgiving, man. We're a, we're a week away from the holiday season yep. really being like it's here. And for those three families, they're going to have to sit around a a a Thanksgiving dinner and not have their sons all because we're allowing this issue to run rampant. And you know, like I said, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm not going to think about these families. It's not that I'm, it's not that I'm not going to pray for them because I already have and will continue to do so. But I'm tired of having to do that every time this happens because we're not doing enough as people, as a country, to 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 really take these type of things out um, and, and make this and make this less frequently than what it's become in America, where it feels like every time you turn the TV on, you're reading, you're reading about another another gun control issue in some part of the country and someone
1: losing their life because of such innocent violence. I agree 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, yeah, last thing we'll say on it, we're just praying for uh, those families, as, as I said earlier, and, of course, the Virginia football team. Um, I can't imagine what Tony Elliott, those position coaches, those players on that team are going through right now, and uh, we just we wish them the best. And you know, if they play the if if they play the remainder of the season, great. If they don't, totally understandable. Uh, but we do you know want them to know that we are thinking and praying for them during this time. As hard as it is, let's you know transition into the Tar Heels, What they did on the field over the weekend, Carolina took home the Coastal Division title. And they did, in the process, complete a perfect season on the road. They go into Winston-Salem. First of all, get their first win there since 2014, or 2014, 2004. Um, and again, not easy. No, Nowhere near dominant, pretty much as we expected. But Carolina, uh, the year after going 0-7 away from Chapel Hill, They find a way to not only go perfect on the road this season, but they're doing it in a fashion that I don't think a lot of us expected to see. Now 5-0 in games decided by three points or less. We heard in the offseason, Mac Brown said the key to this program having success is to learn to win on the road and to learn to win close games. You got to hand it to them. Right now, they are doing both of those.
0: Two months ago, we came on here and we we challenged Mac Brown and this staff. Well, we a, did. We
1: did a little more than that, but yes, that in, was in there in yep. a
0: year of crossroads for Carolina football. And and didn't ask to be better. We demanded them to be better.
1: I'm sure that he was listening intently and said, "I have to change things."
0: And while I don't think they. They they haven't really improved to the level that they probably should have improved, but you you have to give them all the credit in the world because no one saw this season coming, and it's something that well yes I've been I've been very I've been critical of the way the defense has played. Oh, stop it now, and, come on, and I'm and I'm not going to back down from said criticisms because they deserve to be criticized because their level of play still isn't good enough. You know, most in and most normal circumstances to win, but this isn't most normal circumstances. This mm-hmm. is the ACC.
1: This is the ACC Coastal. Well, no and, more and with more, the, more than that. You you you've just got you just got a dude at quarterback that is just freaking special.
0: And, and I and I think that's the thing you got to realize. Like, yes, I know what the defense has done in the second half of games, and I know what the defense did in the fourth quarter of games. They're here because they've got the best quarterback in, in, in program history.
1: Oh, yeah. No one should be denying that. Look, if, you, if you're if you not admitting that to yourself at this point, I don't really know what to tell you. There are still people that the other day on social media were trying to fight me about Sam Howell still being better than Drake May. And I'm like, look, man, I followed Sam Howell for seven years from his time when he was at Sun Valley through his three years at Carolina. Dude. I loved watching Sam. Exciting player. He did some amazing things for this Tar Heel program. If you can't see that Drake May is better than him, I I don't I don't know what to tell you, man. Like this dude, this dude is as legit as it gets. There was never a point where we were really saying to ourselves, Sam Howell's the best quarterback in the country. We made the argument that he was the best quarterback in the ACC, and again, still A great accomplishment. He was an outside Heisman guy. We are talking about Drake May. There are a lot of people nationally, especially in the ACC portion of the college football world, that are pretty much saying if this dude, as of right now, with what he's done, does not win the Heisman, it's a disgrace. We never had that conversation with Sam Howe. So... I mean I get it man there's an attachment to certain guys and with him being from Indian Trail I live I live literally 5 minutes from where he played high school football. So yeah there's there's clearly an attachment but at the same time dude I mean what Drake May is doing is unbelievable for this program and 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 you're right without him I mean where is this team at? I mean they they got, you would imagine that they would still be pretty, pretty good. I would say they would probably have at least five wins, maybe six because you just got so many special playmakers offensively. And this is a system that has worked. But I mean, you're nowhere near nine and one. You, you do not have the coastal locked up at this point. Maybe you're in a battle for it, but there is no way that you have it locked up.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, you, you really got it. You got to give your hat. You got to you got to tip your cap to Mac Brown, who four years ago, almost to the day now, we're closing in when he came back, <laughs> where the the program moved on from Larry Fedora, hired Mac Brown within a forty-eight hour time span. And when he took the job, he sold us on a vision of of North Carolina football competing for conference championships and being talked about as a as a contender for the college football playoff. They're the former right now because they're going to play for a conference championship. They're not allowed. They're not a team that be. They're not a team that should be in the college football playoff discussion. It took four way years. to blood way to blow the blood of conversation yep. at the well, end because I need to go and nip that in the butt. It took four years, but here you are. That vision has has come to fruition. And I think we all thought after the second year when you went to the Orange Bowl, but like I told you, that in a normal year where COVID pandemic doesn't rock the sport, they're not in the Orange Bowl. And then Mac Brown told you we were ahead of schedule we were but you know he was right because the next year you come out with a preseason top 10 ranking but you weren't you weren't a top 10 team in the country you fall flat on your face you you, you then let that motivate you all off season long and here you are and now you've got a chance to finish the regular season eleven and one for the second time inside of ten years. You've got a legit chance to win your first conference championship since nineteen eighty. And this is what we wanted when we hired Mac Brown. This is why I've been so critical. Was because when we hired well, you're him, also just incredibly critical. Whenever we hired him, and he t- and he sold us on this vision. It was believable because you thought it was attainable. Had they hired Scott Satterfield or someone else, the demand wouldn't be the same. The demand would be, "Give me eight and four in a bowl game, and I'll take it." But with Mac Brown, we thought this was possible, and, and 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 now and and now we're back. And and I think that's the thing. He looked so unhappy at times last year that you, you
1: often wondered, how much more does he have left in the tank? Well, he also went through a lot last year. Remember, he did lose his brother at one point, too. So, I mean, he definitely, it was it was more than just on the field. I think also, kind of like a lot of people, COVID really had an effect on people. I I think in 2021, more than even 2020. Just trying to come out of that. You got to remember, there were still some things that were under covid Guidelines during the offseason And everything so I think Last year was just a bad setup overall I think yeah that, that now looking Back on it he was 100% right That Carolina was being overhyped And I mean he said it multiple times in the Offseason I looked at the, I knew Back in the spring that team did not have What they needed This this team no they have, they have The leaders that they need on this team And I think that's been Really the biggest difference um, You know I I'm not some. I am never going to downplay the 2020 season. That was a season where I don't care it, what – if it was COVID or not, that it with Notre Dame in the conference still made it to the Orange Bowl, Notre Dame would not have been in the conference, which would have meant that you would have won the ACC Coastal, still would have played for an ACC title, would have made the Orange Bowl anyways because Clemson was a playoff team at that time. So – I I mean the fact that you are going, you know, you went to one Orange Bowl, you're going to have an opportunity to go to another Orange Bowl, and I mean this team, we don't know what level. I mean they could go to the Orange Bowl at 12 and one, like that is, and that's a that that is extremely realistic at this point. Nobody nobody had that in the cards in the preseason. There were nope. some people that were going that that were really getting themselves hyped up. Before the season, that wanted to say eleven and one, but here's the, how many people honestly in their heads believed Carolina would be eleven and one? Probably not many. Like you, we all do it when we when we pull for a team or whatever. We're, we're always going to sort of heighten our expectations right before the season because we're hearing good reports out of camp or something like that. But I don't think anybody really saw this coming, especially not if you would have told me, "Well, hey man, the defense is still." pretty much where they've been for the last 10, 15 years. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, they're probably not going to be great. But that isn't what's happened. They've, they've found a way because, yeah, they do have a guy that is extremely special. And he's he's the biggest thing that I take away from this game. I mean, you couldn't really ask this dude to do any more. 519 yards of total offense four touchdowns. I mean, put the team on his back. And now, look, last week we said we don't see him as the Heisman favorite. At this point, I mean, I'm not going to say that I would have him as my Heisman favorite. Clearly, if I was on the committee, being me, I would vote for him. But I got to tell you, at this point, he has a really legitimate shot. I think this game, to me, locked up him in New York. Then that's the most important
0: thing I think we need to take away is that, and look, the program is just now starting to campaign him for the Heisman Trophy. It helps that you now have national analysts that are now starting to push for him as well unless your name's Dennis dumbass Dodd and you you, re- and you and you release your top 5 and his name isn't on there is he my front runner Nope. that's still Hendon Hooker because you can't underestimate what he means to Tennessee in the moment that he had against Alabama
1: this is also Rocky Top Marlowe as um, well so. like like
0: like Drake like Drake has nothing to that like and he's even if he does it against Clemson in the ACC title game it's still going to be a lot to overcome, but even if he's in, if, even if he's in New York, what that's going to do for Carolina going into the transfer portal next year, when you got to replace a Josh Downs, what it's going to do for the recruiting trail, what it's going to do for this program, is going to be immeasurable, and that's the biggest thing here. It sets him up next year to be the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy with. All the expectations that will be back on the program to, you know, compete for an ACC title. Hopefully, you know, maybe there, maybe we have the expanded playoff by then. If that happens, Carolina will likely be picked as a team to make the expanded version of the college football playoff. And so that's the thing. I think us as Tar Heel fans, look, do we want him to win it? Yes, but more, more than anything, we need to just enjoy it because. We weren't alive to see Charlie Choo Choo Justice compete for the Heisman Trophy, and back when the days where Lawrence Taylor was here and Julius Peppers was here, guys that were great individual defensive players, those guys weren't winning the Heisman. So just enjoy it, enjoy the ride, enjoy watching what this kid does, well, and 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 look if, if if he's in New York, that's as just a big an accomplishment as as, as anything they have done on the field this season, because. Nobody, nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw this coming from Drake. Not year one. I thought I projected him to be a better career quarterback than Sam Howell. That was that was a projection. That wasn't a year one
1: belief. And it's it's come to fruition in year one. I mean, dude, I got to tell you, he's at the point already where I, it's it is not out of the question to put him in the conversation as the best quarterback in the country. The way that he is playing right now. And I, frankly, I don't give a rat's patoot about the argument of, well, he hasn't really played anybody. Really? Who the hell has C.J. Stroud played outside of Penn State? And I got to tell you, how great is Penn State? I think they're better than probably any team Carolina's played. I don't think that's a question. But at the same time, like, look at the difference between him and Drake May's numbers. Drake May is one of the top rushers. Now, granted, it's in his conference, but he is a top 10 rusher in the ACC. Like, nobody saw this coming from this guy. And the amount of plays, like, this is the thing. You say that he needs the moment or whatever. I I don't really buy that. He has plenty of moments. Watch this dude. You watch him play. I there are right now the only guy that can make some of these plays that he makes to stay alive and make throws is Bryce Young. I don't see any other quarter. Dude, CJ Stroud i making those plays. CJ Stroud is a pocket quarterback. And I'm not trying to say that CJ Stroud isn't good, isn't great, to be honest with you. What he does at Ohio State, he is fantastic. But here's the thing. Do you think that C.J. Stroud would have this team at nine and one guaranteed? I don't know about that. I, I, I mean, that's that's where I'm at. Would Hendon Hooker have this team at nine and one? I don't. I don't know. I. It's possible, but he is doing this with a defense that I mean, they're, I'm not saying they're completely holding him back, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. They they have stepped up. They've done what they didn't do last year. And to a certain extent, even in 2020, they've stepped up when they've needed to. But I don't. I mean, no other quarterback in the Heisman race right now is dealing with a defense like the one that he has to play. He pretty much goes into every game knowing I pretty much have to lead my team to near perfection, or we're not going to win. And I mean, look, the stats. The stats show you everything you need to know about just how dominant. He has been. And, I mean, if he... Look, if he is playing for Bama, he's playing for Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, this dude already has the award locked up. There would be absolutely no question from people that he is the Heisman favorite. But I really hope that they do not just look at the fact that he plays for North Carolina and says, well, that's the reason we're not giving him the award. If it is then it's time to completely rework how you do the Heisman Trophy. Because, as of right now, he looks like the guy that deserves it to me. Um, It kind of helps out for him that his top receiver, Josh Downs, is peaking at the right time. We talked about it last week. He was absolutely dominant against Virginia, and he needed to be. This game, same thing. First half was outstanding. Eight catches, 101 yards, three touchdowns at halftime. That was about as good of a start to a game as you could have. Give Wake Forest credit, they adjusted to him. He only had two catches up until the final drive of the game in the second half. But then he makes the biggest the biggest offensive play of the night on the 43-yard reception sets Carolina up for the eventual game-winning points. Four straight games now over 100 yards. Second straight game over 150 yards receiving. Carolina has had a lot of guys that have played well at receiver at times this year. And Antoine Green is one of them, but he exits he, he exits the game the other night with a concussion in the or what, excuse me, perceived concussion in the second quarter. And from then on, it was in the hands of Josh Downs to make the plays that were needed. And he did it once again. This dude has really stepped up for Carolina down the stretch of the season. And the last two games, he's looked a lot like the guy we saw last year that can simply be one of, if not the best receiver in college football.
0: And that's why everybody's emergence back in September while he was hurt was really, really important because you're seeing those guys on the field. You saw Gavin Blackwell on the field. You saw Kobe Pesor on the field. You saw J.J. Jones on the field. And because those guys – produced back early on in the year in his absence you've got to defend those guys because they're capable of burning you and it's completely opened up everything for Josh Downs and the best part about him is that he has a quarterback that you know even though Drake May does spread the ball around whenever there's whenever there's got to be a play we know we know what the scheme is going to be schemed up for we know who you're trying to get open and you've got a quarterback who knows how to get him the football and let him be absolutely dynamic. The wide receiver play on the field alone on Saturday was through the roof. And and I don't know... (sighs) I mean, look, Ohio State has the best wide receiving room in in, in the country. You can't really argue that. I'd I'd, I'd probably say USC is second. But I don't know if there's been a game this year in college football that can match what both of those wide receiving rooms can do. you got Josh Downs at Carolina... A.T. Perry at Wake Forest. Those dudes are all
1: American caliber wide receivers. They're going to be
0: legit NFL players on Sunday.
1: Taylor, uh, By the way, Taylor Morin may be put in the College Football Hall of Fame just for what he did the other night against us. Apparently, we did not realize he was on the field.
0: And then you look what? at what, you know, Antoine Green for us, and then they've got some other dudes as well that are going to be big time, you know, playmakers for them. Donovan Green's a heck of a player, too, man. So, you know, like that was just watching those. I mean, like. We marvel at the quarterback play, and look when you got guys like Drake May, who's the best quarterback right now in the ACC, and you got Sam Hartman, who's one of the all-time great quarterbacks in the ACC. Yeah, you should you should sit there and all, And and I definitely was. But I thought the wide receiver play was through the roof, and you know this is this is the beauty of Phil Longo's offense, is that it's wide receiver, it's wide receiver friendly. And it's, it's, it, it allows wide receivers to dominate the games. And right now, Josh Downs is healthy. He's confident, and he's got a swagger to him that we saw early at times last year where through the first month, two months of the season, he was probably the best wide receiver in all of college football.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just... Is he making... He's making a push for to be an All-American, right? I know he missed two games, but like... I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba has missed a lot of time. He's yeah. probably out of the running. And
0: Marvin Harrison Jr. just
1: said, okay. I mean, he's a baller, Thank no you, doubt. Rex. He'll be in the conversation. Jordan ja- Addison's probably up there as well.
0: Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee.
1: Hyatt will probably be one, too. But I got to tell you, man, the the way that he has played down the stretch, and we've still got two games to go in the regular season and in, and a championship game before they will officially pr- pretty much tally those votes. Like, this dude has a legit chance. And and here's the thing. If not All-American, can we – does Carolina have the two best offensive players in the conference right now? To me, it's pretty evident that that is true. It is Drake May, Josh Downs, and everybody else on the offensive side of the ball. There's some really good players. A.T. Perry, who you mentioned, is right up there. But, I mean, the way that Josh Downs is playing right now – yeah it's it's hard for me to argue just about anybody else.
0: Yeah, I mean Will Shipley, what he means to that Clemson offense. It's a fair point. He did hurdle a defender on Saturday. But yeah, I mean look, this look, this is what Mac Brown wanted when he when he came back. He he sold us on an offensive-minded program, which was a complete 180 of what his time was here when he first built the thing back in the 90s where this was one of the better defenses in all of college football. Um, you know, like, 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 but this is what he wanted, and now you've got, you've got multiple guys across the field that can take over and dominate games. You got it at your quarterback position. You're gonna have it in your running back room, whether it's it's Omari and Hampton. It could still be Elijah Green or George Petaway in the future, mm-hmm. and you got wide receivers like Josh Downs, Antoine Green. At times, are more than capable of uh, more than capable of taking over games, and so. It's been a lot of fun to watch, and it has to be because when that defense walks on the field, they're anything but fun to watch.
1: All right, well, really quickly, I did want to mention, because you mentioned one of the guys right there, I did not put this on the sheet, but it needs to be mentioned. The special teams the other day, really the return games, I mean, George, George Petaway should have been back there the whole year. This dude, this dude has some spark to him in the open field, and Will Hardy had a great return as well. Carolina looks like they they're finding something in those guys. And I thought both of those guys played really really well the other day. Move let's move over to the defense and look. It's this is the recipe for this defense at this point. They are going to allow a ton of of yards and at this at, at this point even points. Yep. In the first half. But again, you gotta give this group credit. When they needed to buckle down in the second half, they did exactly that. I mean, it's it's I don't know how they are able to do it. I don't know what changes in the halftime locker room, but this defense still allowed a lot of yards in that second half. But final three possessions of the game, they made two key fourth down stops and they picked off Sam Hartman a guy that in Cameron Kelly who had been lit up all day comes back makes the big play this this is what he did last year too yep. that's why he's he's one of the more frustrating players because you see moments like this but you can't, i mean you you got to give him credit he made the biggest play of the whole game completely turned the momentum back in Carolina's favor so they're doing the things late in games to win it it's just why and and Mac Brown said it earlier today in his presser. We can't put a complete game together. Nope. It just does not happen for this group.
0: And and that's because I have the show sheet in front of you or in front of me and y'all don't. And this is where we're going next. It's why they're not the favorite to win the ACC and they're not going to be even if they win the conference at twelve and one. They're not a they're not a playoff team because their deficiencies defensively are absolutely they're mind-blowing. And look, the fourth quarter was was really good. You you pitched a shutout. But it, it's 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 really hard to look at that and say that's championship level football because it's it's not. You have a championship level quarterback on the other side who who makes everything look look pretty good. I think it's pretty evident that you know, what we saw in the second half of that Pittsburgh game was that was a a flash in the pan. Where that defense, after giving up an opening drive touchdown, the next 22 minutes, they play with a level of physicality that we haven't seen them play with since. And look, a lot of that's that you don't have Noah Taylor and Des Evans, and I think they I think they miss Taylor's leadership as much as anything. Oh, 100%. Because, yes. you know, his production, while it led the team in a lot of different areas, it wasn't like
1: they were mind-blowing well, stats. But I will say this, the drop-off from him to Chris Collins, look, man. It's evident. Chris Collins is a hard working dude, man. He is yeah, out man. there. You see him in space. No doubt about it. But the production is is so much different between the two. To Noah Taylor did so many different things for you that that Chris Collins just cannot do for you. And yeah, in terms of leadership, you you're talking about a guy that immediately we heard back in the in the offseason immediately came in and was a leader on this defense and it was very evident throughout the season Noah Taylor was one of the dudes directing people where to go was very vocal on the sideline with guys remember he got into the scrap with Tony Grimes after Grimes you know knocked a guy out of bounds late sort of stepped up and said hey you know let's be small a little smarter about that you his leadership can, 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 should not be discounted by any stretch of the imagination. I'm with you on that, 100%.
0: So, you know, I mean, it's... They're lucky they've got maybe the second-best linebacking duo in the conference behind what NC State has.
1: That's why, dude, it is so hard to criticize those dudes even at all because, again, there is so much that these guys are expected to do. In terms of just be, I mean, first of all, they, their defensive line does not help them really at all in the run game. They pretty much have to be, I mean, they're bringing everybody down. Like, there is a reason why Cedric Gray leads the Power Five in total tackles. And look, it's great. Like, you like the fact that he's making those tackles. But at some point, you would like for it to be a little easier on those guys. You would like for it not to be able to get to that second level all the time. And then, not not to mention what these guys have to do dropping into coverage too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much responsibility on their plates, and it's one, d- dude. Look, the, the the defensive line has not been as great as we thought it could be for years. This defensive line is honestly astounding. They have 15 sacks the whole season. Like, I mean, I that is that is less than 2 a game i how is that even possible <laughs> with all the talent that you've got like that because is insanity was, man because like because
0: it's like i told you the talent was overrated plus with the
1: they are ju- I, with, they are so poorly coached with with my with, god with, yeah, with, with with
0: poor coaching it was just you know it was what it was but and,
1: and the for the other frustrating you see flashes like Heyman Rucker comes up, makes the big play on fourth down. It's like, can we get more consistency? And again, I, to me, I can't really blame the players at this point because it's the same things. It's the ineffectiveness. As you've said, when was the last time we really saw this team run a stunt up front? That's what's, that's what's driving me crazy about it. But, I, you know, look, it, it seems like, I don't want to. I don't want to really focus on the struggles that they're having defensively, because look, they're navigating them. And in the second half of games, I'll give. It, I'll give it to them when they need to step up and make plays. Primarily in the fourth quarter, they are doing it. It's just you know that there. There are things that, and I to me, I don't know. It, in terms of the actual conversation, it is. It, it's a. It's a toss up. For me, between where Carolina's defense is right now and where Clemson's offense, even the other day, that game against Louisville, they should have put that Louisville team away way earlier. Backup quarterback in, and for the, I mean, they kept giving Louisville opportunities. So Clemson's offense is not playing great either at this point. But I, I, I don't know. You got to figure something out. Secondary, I'm, I'm over, I'm, I'm over it at this point. There's, there's nothing that they're going to do back there that's that's going to change what's going on. And again, I don't think the corners are your biggest issue. I think your safeties have been your problem the whole year. But I'm going to choose to focus on the positive, that when this team needs to make stops, Gene and his and, and, and the staff, but mainly the players on the field, they have stepped up and made the plays. And if they keep doing that, then hell, you're going to have a chance to go to Charlotte and win. I don't think anybody's like you're. You're not saying like we'll, we'll transition into this conversation fully. Is Carolina the favorite in the ACC overall right now? No, I would say, I would. Say it's it's a it's a toss up at this point to me because I just I, Clemson's offense is not. Is not good. This defense gave up 45
0: points to Notre Dame, and they gave up 28 points to a Virginia team without its top three wide receivers. Clemson has better talent than both of those two teams.
1: Here, I I don't, to me, it does not matter. It's one night, and here's all the game plan clearly for Carolina is not to get into some sort of defensive battle. This has to be a game where you come out and you execute at the highest level, and I'm going to tell you, with what Drake May has done, with what Phil Longo has done. I mean, we can we can agree on this, right? We we've, we've been Phil Longo guys since he got here. We never really understood the criticism that some people had to the point where they wanted the dude gone. Mm-hmm. This has been his best year. By far, his game plans have been unfreaking believable this year.
0: It's going to be really hard to imagine him being back on the sidelines in Chapel Hill. Only, I mean, uh, uh, unless we we buck up the pay because he's going to get he's going to get offers around the country. He got some last year because of what he's done. Look at the talent he's developed. How good these offenses have been at Carolina. This has been his best year as a play caller from top to bottom, from his game plans to his scheme to his adjustments within the game because that was really where he struggled the most was making in-game adjustments. He's grown in that regard. Here's where I stand when it comes with Carolina and Clemson in the ACC title game. Clemson's going to be the favorite, as they should be. They're still a better team than Carolina is. But if Carolina it plays Clemson for sixty minutes, I'm not going to be surprised. When they played Clemson for sixty minutes and fifteen, we were surprised. I don't care what any Tar Heel fan says that Clemson team would go on and lose in the national title game to Alabama is you could argue was as was one of Dabo Sweeney's best teams, and Carolina was right there in the middle of it. You know, in a, you know, a, a controversial call and an onside kick away. Who knows how that game unfolds. We all, I mean, that loss validated every single thing we thought we were as a football team and at that time, as a program. But I'm not going to be as surprised if Carolina does that this time. I would be surprised if they didn't, to be, be honest with you, because because Clemson, Clemson has come back in terms of the ACC, like where yes. where, where the gap isn't as big as 100%. it was. I mean, don't get it wrong. Do I think Carolina's caught Clemson in some regard? Yes, but a lot of it has been Clemson. And some of the issues that Dabo runs their program to why they've regressed. He don't like that portal. But you know, because because yeah, okay, Drake May's a better quarterback than than Marquise yes. Williams is. I would take Josh Downs oh. over Ryan Switzer. I would take Yes. You know, I, I would take Carolina's offense of twenty twenty two over that twenty
1: fifteen offense. The, is the, there the, an cor- th- offense in history that you would take over this offense?
0: Uh probably not. I mean but, they are you know, dominant. Our defense this year not as good as it was in fifteen, and the and the, the other factor is is that you Clemson's going to enter the game motivated, disrespected because they're still probably not going to have a chance to make the college football playoff. I, I I don't see them getting in there. No, I don't think so. At, at twelve and one as an ACC champion, unless this game becomes a top. Eight matchup. I think. I think. Then maybe they could back their way in if they got enough things to go their way. But yeah, I mean, like, look, it's 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 a good sign that this is a, this is a topic because I do think Carolina is much better prepared. I trust Mac Brown more than I trust Layer Fedora. I, I trust everything more this I would time hope around so. than I did in twenty fifteen. So while Carolina. I don't think is the favorite to win the ACC mm-hmm. and even if they do they're not a playoff team. They're not one of the four best teams in the country. I I do think they're better positioned to compete
1: with Clemson who is a top 6 to 7 team in college football. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's a legitimate toss-up. And if I had to say today, I I would believe that Carolina could win because of the two guys that I talked about, Drake May and Phil Longo. The way that these dudes have been able to execute offensively this year. The way Josh Downs is playing at this point in the season, one of the weaknesses that Clemson has is their secondary. I mean, look, Wake Forest lit them up earlier in the year. They have not really played an offense anywhere close to that good in the ACC Atlantic. And I don't this is the thing that's so that that just makes me chuckle every time people talk about the ACC Atlantic they want to say how great the Atlantic is as compared to the Coastal. Have you seen some of the offenses in the Atlantic? Keep in mind that Florida State's offense when Clemson played them wasn't all that great. Also, Florida State did make a pretty furious comeback that Clemson was lucky to be able to hold off in that game. So look, this is, and no disrespect to Clemson, they are still a tremendous football program in a lot of people's minds, and I think probably still they are the best program in the ACC. Yes. I think if you're talking about a one off though, Carolina the way that they are Carolina is playing offensively. I mean, if you look at Carolina's offense versus Clemson's defense. Those are the two best units that will play in that game. Is Carolina's offense better than Clemson's defense as an overall unit, I would say yes, the way they're playing right now, because we've seen Clemson let up points at times this year. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I really do think it is a toss-up right now. The playoff, no, I, I don't, unless the only chance that Carolina has, they would have to be ranked inside of the top 10 in the playoff rankings tonight, and I don't think they will be, because I they to me and I, I I think it's pathetic, they would put Alabama in to, at, with two losses over Carolina, even if Carolina won the ACC title. So I don't think you're jumping them. I've seen a lot of people that don't believe they will even jump Oregon, who just lost at home to another Pac-12 team the other night. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, that one to me is crazy. There were people that were asking that, though. And, I, again, I'm with with you when it comes to just the conversation even with Clemson. The fact that you are even having this conversation again, the fact that Carolina could even be on the debate table to be talked about on these shows is huge. That's a win in and of, in and of itself. But I think right now the goal probably has to be just get to – the orange bowl, yes. if possible. And that would still be a massive step for Carolina. And who knows? I mean, it it could be it could work out where the current top four teams all make it to the college football playoff anyway, so you never really would have been in the discussion. So I think that's the way you gotta look at it. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll give you this week's ad from DraftKings, and then when we come back, it'll be time to talk. Antoine Green what is the update Mac Brown gave us that update today also a defensive back that had been trying to work his way back from injury not an update but appears there has been a setback for him and I also have to tell you about a decommitment that Carolina had in their class over the weekend in the 2023 class stick around on this edition of the heel tough blog podcast back right after this. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse is racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Maybe you want to bet on one of your favorite Tar Heel players. Maybe you like Michael Carter and his matchup for the Jets that week. Or maybe you want to bet on the total number of tackles that Cole Holcomb will have in a game. You can do all that on DraftKings Sportsbook. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using the promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough Blog, and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcast all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter. At Heel Tough Blog on Twitter. Make sure you give it a follow. And you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Heel Tough Blog, at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnata, myself at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at HackZubber2 for our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard. Hey guys, welcome back in Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Anthony Pagnata, Josh Marlowe with you. We go into our closing notes and I will start you out with the news about Antoine Green. Mac Brown said today in his press conference that he is being evaluated throughout the week. So basically questionable. Uh, It is listed as an upper body injury. He uh, was taken out of the game, did not return on Saturday night after the uh, hit in the second quarter that he took from A.J. Williams, the starting safety from Wake Forest, who was in turn ejected for targeting, leading a lot of people to believe that it is a concussion, and he is being evaluated. That's going to be uh, the tricky part of this. Hopefully he is able to go. If not, as we saw in the game the other night, J.J. Jones will be relied on a lot. Also, a lot more Gavin Blackwell, uh, who did... You know, do a good job of getting open in the game. Uh, we'll see if he's able to sort of convert some of those opportunities if he has to be out there again on Saturday against Georgia Tech. Meanwhile, Jaquarius Conley last week uh, there was some hinting on the message boards that there was an injury to a defensive back uh, in practice, and that did turn out as you saw. It was it wasn't up for long, but Jaquarius Conley put up a tweet uh, basically saying, "Can't catch a break." It is him. Unfortunately, it looks like he has suffered some sort of setback uh, with his knee injury. The hope is that it is not too serious. He had a major major uh, injury last year uh, in the game against Wofford uh, that he suffered. He worked his way back, uh, was still actually going through the process of trying to get fully back on the field. Carolina was really only using him in special teams uh, situations, and it looked like Carolina was going to try to probably manage him and get him the red shirt. Well, now there's no question about that. He should be able to get the red shirt, which is the good news. Um, and at this point, hopefully, the, the hope is that there is going to be uh, a, a good resolution to this, and he will be able to come back in full for next year? Uh, no update was officially provided by the university today or by Mac Brown, but uh, the hope is that it is not something serious for the junior cor- uh, junior safety and nickelback, who has been so valuable to Carolina, uh, you know, in his first two years and was looking like he was going to play a big role again this year. Uh, the guy in the 2023 class that Carolina lost it's a headliner it's the number two player in the class for Carolina that was four star uh, edge rusher Rico Walker from Hickory High School Uh, he does decommit now there have been a a few stories around this that sort of revolve around some off the field issues Uh, not sure exactly what is going on with that Um, so at this point Wouldn't really read into that much. Just know he has decommitted. He has reopened up his commitment. Not sure if Carolina is a team that is still on the table. You would imagine they are not. Uh, Me and Zach Hubbard are going to have a further breakdown. You'll hear that on the next edition of the podcast that you guys listen to. We'll go into that, talk a little bit more about the 2023 class as we get closer and closer. Believe it or not, right around a month away until Carolina signs their class uh, for the early signing period in December. Cannot believe it is that close, but Carolina is uh, that close to signing their class officially, and they do now lose a pretty significant piece, but it's not one that is going to keep them, I think, uh, from being a top 25 class, maybe even a top 20 class when it is all said and done. Make sure you guys head over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. You can read an article about the Rico Walker decommitment as well as our recap from the game that we just talked about with you guys here. The game against Wake Forest. We're going to have a whole bunch of other stuff going up as well. Ashton's analysis. He is back. He's feeling good. So he's got that article over to us. He writes about Carolina taking home the ACC Coastal title and heading to Charlotte to play for an ACC championship game. Josh, has he covered with with a look in the trenches, what the Tar did up front against the Demon Deacons. And uh, we'll also have the stock report for you guys that will be going up midweek that revolves around that game and, of course, looks ahead, tells you who is uh, trending up and trending down as we head towards that game against Georgia Tech. Also, article up there on the website about Antoine Green. And his status go a little bit more in depth into that. Who would have to play and step up if he is not in the lineup for Carolina. And also a little more on Jaquarius Conley. And we also uh, have you guys covered with press conference takeaways from Mac Brown speaking today. On the basketball side of things, Carolina off and rolling. Another nail-biter on Friday, but Carolina gets it done now 2-0 on the season. They turn around and get ready to play Gardner-Webb. In the Smith Center tomorrow night, Josh is gonna have you covered with a preview of that game. He'll also have you covered with the recap as the Toriels continue to surge through the non-conference, preparing for next week's PK-85 tournament up in Portland. So that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Josh for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Toriels.